Hey guys, it's Brianna Hodges. And Lainey Rao, welcome. So today we are going to kind of tackle, um, at least the beginning, we're gonna to try to, to tackle um, this idea of what's gonna happen next, right? We've been um, kind of moving along through this quarantine, through, through responses to COVID-19, and in many places, you're either uh, finishing up instruction, wrapping it up, up or you know the end is in sight right and so what does this look like as we start looking at the fall and um, news reports are coming out all over the place about what uh, what summer will look like what fall will look like all that kind of stuff and uh, so now let's talk about what that could or could not look like in the classroom so here we go yeah so let's just start off like I think it's gonna probably be a series because there's no way we could fit all this into one uh, as we try and be brief and helpful episode um, so let's just Kind of talk about what will it look like potentially in the fall we don't know if it's going to be blended if it's going to be fully online it's probably going to depend on where you live but what are some of those considerations that we have to be thinking about now and and maybe it's not even that we have to be thinking about them now because we can take that break and and, and enjoy our summer but i think you and i are both getting a lot of questions from people um, that we know and on social media like what do i need to be thinking about so this episode is not meant to add stress it is meant to help relieve stress just so that you feel a little bit more prepared should should whatever your situation be that you you feel more confident moving forward. So we're going to get into some tips about how to kick off a school year in either a blended or an online environment. And we're going to get to that in a minute, but first I think we're going to start with our sweet and our sour. What do you think, Bree? Should we do that? Yep, let's dive in. Okay, so I'll go ahead and start. Um, I know we talk about social media a lot because you and I spend a good amount of time learning from social media and connecting with our professional learning community through social media. I'm going to make a confession, and that is that I suffer from what I think of as the comparison hangover. I don't know about you, but I spend time, and and Austin Cleon says don't spend time in your feed because that can be... um, that can be a little demoralizing. It's better to like search out things, but I'll be honest, I do spend time in my feed. I wanna see what's going on. And I see a lot of um, like amazing things happening, which I'm super happy about, but it sometimes makes me feel like I'm not doing enough. And this happens by the way, on the parent side of me and the educator side of me. So as a parent, if I spend time on social media and I see someone doing like an amazing STEM project with their student or with their child, and I'm like, ooh, okay. Or I I see something on social media where someone's posted some like amazing infographic and I'm like, well, I I probably should have done that, but I didn't. So I don't know. Are you feeling the comparison hangover at all? Absolutely. I think that it is, it's, it's, uh, it's something that we navigate every day, right? And just like you said, it's in um, each aspect of our life, whether it's um, as a mom or as a, a wife or as a you know daughter or whatever the case is, we always look at things and go, how does that compare to me? How, how could I be different? How could I be better at this? And, um, you know, our kids do it too. Um, they, they bring it in. How come, how come you didn't do this like so-and-so's mom did, or how come you weren't there or, or, you know, any of those kind of things. And so I think it's, it's definitely human nature to, um, to do that. And, and it's certainly one of those things. Um, I don't think it was, 
something that came on just through social media or through through the interwebs or any of that. So I, I also want to throw that in there. Um, but it definitely, we, we know that we are in the information age, right? We have a whole lot more information at our fingertips than we have ever before. And so with that comes a lot of comparison for sure. And yes, guilty, guilty, guilty across the board of all of those things. I mean, and, it, and there is, so the sour being that, like, that comparison hangover can really make you feel bad. But the sweet is, is that I get so many good ideas, and I really do get a lot of inspiration from seeing what other people are doing. So I guess my, like, my, my note to self is to try not to compare myself to others. One thing that um, I read once was don't compare yourself uh, where other people are, compare yourself to where you were before. So like trying to more monitor your growth as an individual rather than, well, I'm here and they're there kind of thing. I think that's maybe something that is helpful for me. And I, I not that I'm 100% good at it, but it's something that I'm working on and it's something I need to keep reminding myself. I love that. And since you did give a shout out to Austin Cleon, I'll say that one of my other favorites from, from that book is him talking about how when we try to imitate people um, that, you know, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, right? Like that's the quote that, that often goes in there, but he explains it. And again, you know, you know, me and my, my um, athletic references, he talks about how um, all of, all of us of a certain age grew up wanting to be like Mike. And so we would go out in the, in the driveway and we would, try our moves and we would do all this stuff, but try as you might, you don't have the same body type that your, um, that that sports star has. That doesn't mean that you're not a gifted athlete or that you aren't going to, um, to be able to, to do the things that he did. His body was the only one that was designed that way. And so your body is going to interpret those moves and is going to have a different flavor on that and maybe be above and beyond what he did or, or whatever the case is. And so don't fall victim to the idea of there's only one way. And if I can't do it like that, then that means that, um, I'm either copying them or I'm, you know, not as good as they are. Instead, try to look at it through the lens of I'm doing it my way. I'm doing their thing my way. And, and that's okay. That's, that's, that's what makes us you know, it's kind of like, like they say that there's, um, there's only a certain number of stories. All of them are, are then variations off of that. I think that's the same thing about a lot of things, you know, meatloaf can be made in a lot of different ways. You just have your own flavor thrown in on it. Yep, absolutely. Well, so, so kind of as we're moving into this, and again, we're going to make this a series because there's a lot to talk about with what to consider moving forward in, um, our, our new school year where we won't have had that face-to-face -face connection. That's one of the things I'm talking with a lot of teachers and administrators about right now is their anxiety because when we moved into this emergency remote teaching, it was, it was kids they already had relationships with, it was peers they already had relationships with, and that's going to change in the fall because there will actually be um, obviously new kids coming into our class and also new peers, right? That th th we're going to have some change in staff at, at schools. So, so we're going to focus on what's happening in the classroom, but maybe that's something else we can bring up at some point too, because we are going to have a shift in culture for sure. So in that vein, um, my sour has been that um, looking at the summer, because I usually, I love summer. I love summer for lots of different reasons. Number one, um, my, my kiddos, my personal children are home a little bit more. And so I get to see them and we get to spend a ton of time outside. But I also love it because 
Contrary to popular opinion out there in the world, as, as we educators know, our learning doesn't stop in the summer. And um, some of my most favorite learning opportunities are in the summer. I tons of conferences and just that exchange with, with people that we almost always see online, but now we get to see them face to face. And so it kind of hit me this week that that's not happening this summer in that way, right? And so all of a sudden I just had that, that just again, realization that, that this quarantine keeps throwing right back in our face over and over again, just when we feel like, okay, I, oh, I forgot that I can't do that now. And so um, kind of bummed me out because I get some of my best ideas learning from other people in these situations. And uh, again, super, super sour time for me. That said, the sweep that came along with that is realizing that so many people are, are kind of shifting in this, right? And so we're seeing what was face-to-face -face is now moving into some virtual situations. Lots of people are looking at opportunities to connect um, and maintain these conversations that were face-to-face -face now in these virtual situations. And so I really, you know, it, it continues to fill my spirit. And I think that that's such an important thing because um, I love Twitter and I love um, Instagram and I love Facebook and I love those social media pieces and following blogs and reading, reading, reading. But there's something to be said for actually being able to look at somebody in the face and have that conversation and you just feel that connection even stronger. And so I love that, that we're seeing that jump kind of come through. Yeah, it, it's definitely feeling like trade-offs. And by the way, that hit me hard when you were talking about it because I haven't fully processed all the things that are being canceled for the summer. I know some of the conferences where you and I would see each other are getting pushed back um, and hopefully they'll actually happen. But there is, I, I got word of one that was canceled, like flat out canceled. There's no postponing it. It just will not happen. So there's definitely trade-offs because I'm missing those face-to-face, -face, but I actually feel like you and I have gotten closer because we've actually spent more time talking like this than we would have. So there's, there's trade-offs. And I, and and I also think that, I think I speak for you when I say that a lot of people um, maybe assume about us that we love online so much that we don't appreciate face-to-face -face, and that could not be further from the truth, right? We love face-to-face. -face. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that that's what's so interesting for me in this time frame, right, is because it is so similar to what we're seeing happen in the classroom right now, right? Like we we thought, oh gosh, this has to happen this way. It has to happen this way. It has to happen face-to-face. -face. has to happen with paper, pencil, small group right here. And then all of a sudden the rug is pulled out from underneath us and we don't have any option other than to shift and pivot. And we're seeing that move happen into, into the classroom. And so what it reminds me of is, you know, from a teacher perspective, from an educator perspective, how to remember what, what are those possibilities out there and how can we start to incorporate some of those things just like we would go to a conference to learn some new you know strategies and tips and tricks and and ideas how can we use what we're seeing online come into our classroom too absolutely and and one of the things that i i i also i know i think you're with me on this i also like pinterest and um that's to go back to my earlier point about comparison hangover like that's definitely a place where I get a lot of comparison hangover. My house isn't as pretty as that house. My, my kids' lunches don't look like that. Like there's so much that happens through that. And I feel like as a teacher, there's probably a lot of us having that fall comparison, that back to school comparison hangover where you're on Pinterest and seeing all these pretty, pretty classrooms and like, oh, I wish my classroom looked like that. And so, um, 
we can, we can maybe move away from that and, and focus on the more important things. And, and that's what I'm hoping will happen in the fall, um, where we focus on the building community, the building learning relationships and the social emotional learning. You know, if, if that would, if that would be our focus for this back to school, I would consider that a total win and a real sweet in our sweet and sour. Absolutely. I think one of the things that's super important to remember in that is if all you're doing is looking at a picture, a picture doesn't speak. A picture doesn't convey a lot of stuff, right? And, um, you know, there's that quote out there that says, kids don't remember the classroom, kids remember the teacher. And I think that, that we have to remember that so, so, so much um, because that picture might not evoke the relationships that are in there. And so how can we take something that might be in inspirational, inspirational, right? And then move that into reality and really reflect um, those connections that are in there and how that looks different. And so I think that's going to be our first big topic that we discuss, right? Of like, what does that look like? We've got to have that connection. We've got to have that community, right? I have to say we have to have conversations before we can have connections. We have to have connections before we can have community and culture. And so how do we really jump that in there and having, you know, the perfect posters or the perfectly designed bitmoji is not going to do that. Um, so what do we, how do we create this? Especially like you said, in these times where we're not possibly going to have that face-to-face -face time to really, you know, get that, that going. Yeah. And I love that quote you referenced about, they're not going to remember the classroom. They're going to remember you. And I know there's a lot of anxiety from, from teachers. Like, how are they, how are we going to get to know each other? And I, I just want to try and alleviate some of that in that I actually believe there's potential to get to know your learners better through a blended and online model than through a traditional face-to-face. -face. I think that we've both seen that. Um, you, just being in the room with someone doesn't necessarily mean you're getting to know them. And when you're super intentional about, and we'll call it teacher presence, and that's kind of what we're gonna focus on today. Like how, how do you make sure that your kids feel you there on this learning journey with them. Um, I've, I've talked about it uh, on other things about like, we don't want them in this asynchronous abyss where yes, they're on a Zoom and that's their teacher presence. And then the rest of the time they feel completely alone. And so, um, you know, it was emergency, we know that. And there was, God bless our teachers who were doing so, so much. And it was tremendous what we've seen in some beautiful inspirational things were happening and now it's the time to take a breath and think about how we can be super intentional in that rather than because we were we were just you know doing our very very best when it was happening right looking at this opportunity to you know we we have we've been very reactive in this because we didn't like you said we didn't have a choice and now you know now's our opportunity so often that's what summer is that was summer for me in in when i was in the classroom summer for me um it, with my with my consultants all that kind of stuff of, of this is that time where we get to really be proactive. We get to do those make it, take it, right? We get to really kind of dig in. So how can we design our, our experiences for the fall and, and be super intentional with that? Yeah. All right. So Bree, let's give them some really practical tips about how we can create, like we said, that teacher presence, that that feeling that your your students will have that you're there with them on the entire journey. And so um, one of the things that we like to do is to create welcome videos or videos to introduce a topic. Videos can be really, really uh, endearing and allow kids to feel like you're there with them. It's kind of nice that they can like 
watch it over and over again. Maybe they're having a rough day and they need to feel like you're there. So it's kind of nice and it, it makes it feel like it's, it's humanizing. It, it lets them see that you're there. And the videos are a really nice way to do that asynchronously because you might be having those, those web meetings, those video conference meetings synchronously, but to be able to give an opportunity to show your presence in an asynchronous way is really special. I don't know. What do you think? Absolutely. You know, I think going back to what does your first day typically look like in that classroom? Um, I know for me, my day, my first day with all of my students was always about explaining who I was as a person, right? I would show pictures of my family, I would show pictures of my, my parents, my dogs, you know, all of these things that were important to who I was as a, as a teacher. Um, I, I didn't really dive into, you know, a lot of content or any of that kind of stuff. It was just creating that relationship. And, um, and so I think like, thinking through what your first day was like and designing those all about me types of things, um, both for yourself, as well as how could you um, then turn that and engage with, uh, with your students, right? So one of my favorite examples that um, I love, love, love from an elementary teacher was um, actually, uh, she was a first grade teacher. She was brand new to the school district and uh, Meet the Teacher happens before the school year started. And so she used Flipgrid and she made a little video introducing herself. And then as the families came in, they uh, there was a little station that was set up in her classroom and she asked, the, the child to um, record something that they were either excited about or that they were nervous about uh, for first grade, right? Because this was a new campus uh, for the students as well. And so each one of the families did that, um, which was fantastic, right? But the, and, and she got to know, she got to see a video of each one of those kiddos before she even really, you know, got to know them. But the thing that was amazing that she did as a follow-up was that night she went in and then responded personally, just with a quick little 30 second video to each one of those students, right? So if there was, you know, the six-year-old that was like, oh my gosh, I'm really nervous because I just moved here and I don't know anybody. Well, this was her first year here too. So she could come in and say, you know what, I'm nervous too, but um, we're going to get to, you know me and I know you, and we're going to get through this together. And I can't wait to have an amazing year with you. And so really, really locked in those relationships. Both of those things can easily be done um, in an online situation. It's not dependent upon doing that, um, you know, in a face-to-face -face classroom. But I think just thinking about those things, we crave seeing uh, the people that we're going to be working with, even if it's just online, right? Like we want to see those faces and we want to hear those voices. And so looking for those ways is, is really fun. Well, I knew there was no way we were getting through this episode without saying Flipgrid at least a few times, because that is truly like, just to be super practical, that is probably at this moment in time, one of the best ways to do that building community asynchronously through video, right? That's a great opportunity. And I want to point out that you gave a great example about uh, kind of about me and getting to know your students. What a great way for peers also, and we're not going to make this episode a lot about the peer, like as in um, our colleagues, but that is a great way if you have new staff members to get to know them as well. So Absolutely. just kind of thinking about it from all angles, like how are we going to make sure that the people we would normally see in our classroom or in the break room that that's not happening or potentially won't happen so how do we how do we make those experiences happen in whatever we end up with whether it's a blended or an online fully or or back and forth but i think that's so and important play the, and play that 
further too, right? Like you could do that with parents or with families of, you know, how can we get to know kids a little bit better? And, and remember, um, there's all kinds of privacy settings that with any kind of video platform. And so um, just explore that and remember that, that you can go in and it doesn't have to be open for everyone else to see each other's videos. You can, you know, just put a prompt out there and then you as the teacher would be able to see those. So you can still protect privacy and things like that. But just like you said, how are we, how can we create and nurture those, those conversations and relationships um, in ways that that'll really engage our community. And then I would also encourage uh, folks with kids and adults to see what are ways that we can bring social emotional learning into this. And I think that, that that often naturally happens in the beginning of the school year when we're building our culture, but to be super intentional with that and be thinking about what are ways that I could do getting to know me in a way that promotes social emotional practices. I think that would be I, I know you and I have a, a laundry list of wishes of things that happen on the other side of this. We didn't ask for this, but if we could get some wins out of it, and I think that's one of them is putting that social emotional first and focusing on the whole child. And, and I think that's a great opportunity to do that while we're talking about building community. Absolutely. And I think one of the, you know, one of the, the wishes that I would have with that, um, putting on my secondary hat and putting on, you know, my adult hat is remembering that it's not just the field of dreams approach. Like just because you say I'm available doesn't mean people are going to come in and talk to you. So um, how can you actively, proactively do that. And, and I know that that's one of those things for me um, in managing blended opportunities and, and working asynchronously with, with learners out there that I've, I've always found sending a quick little 15, 30 second video of, hey, it's Wednesday and these are the things that I need to, need to do for you real quick. Let me know if you have any questions. Again, it's just like popping into your classroom. You wouldn't just write the board, you know, write the instructions on the board and never step foot into your classroom. You need to, to be there to create that conversation and I'll let it be that two-way um, kind of dynamic. And uh, the, I know, you know, from that social emotional situation, I'm seeing that it's a huge, huge, huge concern for me right now, especially with our high school kids, um, is that they even though we're saying, hey, I have these office hours posted, but you know, nobody's coming to them. Okay, well, that's like standing in front of your class and saying, does anybody have any questions? They never have any questions until you're finished, right? And so how can we proactively reach out to them? How can, you know, a 15 second, like I said, a 15 second little video message of, hey, I just wanted to check in on you. How's everything going? Um, I'm always here if you ever need to talk about it. Like we need to send those reminders um, to build and really check on it because we, you know, think about us as adults, we're struggling with not having those connections all of the time, right? And so it's only natural. Um, I was just having this conversation with a parent of a senior in high school um, this last week, and, and she was talking about how hard this has been, um, not to bring down the, 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 the vibe that we have going on here, but, but we're seeing, you know, some serious uh, consequences happen for, for our high school kids, um, for kids, you know, in that secondary situation that are really struggling and not having an outlet for that, um, you know, some serious mental and physical challenges um, by not having that connection. So how can we really build that um, yeah. better for them? Yeah, and, and I, I think that's so important. And, and 
I've, I've also seen some stuff about people worrying about engagement and, and that engagement won't happen if they don't feel like you care. And so we've been talking about video, but if you have to, and I wouldn't even say if you have to, don't forget about phone calls. Like mm -hmm. there are other ways to communicate and connect. And you, and I feel like we are going to have to be super, I love that you keep saying the word proactive. We're going to be proactive. We're going to be really intentional and we're going to have to make sure that we connect with every single child. That is how we will keep them engaged and coming back to learn in our, in our learning community. It's, it's going to be essential. It's critical. It is. And I love that there's so many different modalities, right? Like good old snail mail, right? Grab some, some postcards, send them out. Um, Jessica Gomez, principal from California. She had a fabulous post, um, that I, I took and then reinterpreted for a couple things about using digital po postcards, right? And so you could do this both for staff, um, community, volunteers, students, whatever that looks like, but designing a little digital pro, uh, postcard and then taking an audio file, right? Of like popping in just a quick little audio that says, hey, I uh, absolutely loved what you're doing. You know, I hope you had a great summer, whatever the case may be. And you can crank those out, you know, template it and, and send those out. So just maintaining that connection, burying it, making sure that it doesn't get old for you and it doesn't get old for the kids, but remembering to build that community. I love how you mentioned the snail mail postcards that actually made me really nostalgic from when I was in the classroom and I did that before email. I did that every year. I sent a welcome postcard to my kids, letting them know I was so excited to be their teacher. And this could truly be an opportunity to kind of revisit some of these, these practices that we've abandoned for, for the faster technology options. And, and maybe it's time to like go back and, and decide what should we keep and what should we let go of. And so I love that. And, and there's, you've got, there's so many different ways to connect. That teacher presence isn't just about video. It's about making sure that your kids know you are there for them. And so if you, if you're not hearing from your kids, you, you can't give up. You got to keep, you got to keep talking to them. You got to be reaching out to the family. You got to do whatever you can to get those kids back to you. Right. It's just like being a parent, right? Whenever you yeah. ask your kids how the day was and they say good and they don't ask, you know, that you got to prime, you know, you got to pull it out of them. And, and it's that same thing. We've got to find those situations to create that conversation and, and, and keep it going. And it's such, you know, it is a, it's a gold standard cornerstone of, of the blended environment is to maintain that, that human contact and really have that conversation and let people know that you're there um, that you're not some, some weird, you know, computer configuration. That's like a hologram in a different building, right? Like you're human. And, um, you know, I, I used to do that for my students, my college kids. I would sit in the parking lot. Um, if, you know, if I was on my way to the coffee shop and I'm waiting in line, then I would throw open my phone and do a quick little video of here's the things that we're going to, um, that are due this week. Let me know if you have any questions, right? So it doesn't, again, we're just kind of belaboring the point at this point, but it doesn't have to be this huge video production. It doesn't have to be, um, perfect. You know, one of the, the, greatest takeaways that I had for me whenever I started in the classroom of doing some video and things like that was somebody saying, you know, what happens if I sneeze in the middle of my, um, of, of my video recording and the presenter paused and he said, have you never sneezed in front of your class before? And, um, and it was such like a, a, an, 
oh my gosh, you know, head slap moment of the, yeah, I've sneezed in front of my class before. And so I'm going to cover my mouth and, you know, try to not sneeze into the microphone, but it's what they're going to see. So you're just human and be human. And that's what they want you to be. Yeah. If anything, it just makes me more human. And that's what we're all talking about, humanizing that online experience. So the, the, I mean, I think you and I could talk forever about even just teacher presence and how to humanize the online classroom. But in our effort to be brief and helpful, we will, uh, we'll kind of wrap it up here. And then I think what we'd love is because, you know, Bree, you and I have this real hope that we'll get people engaged to kind of help guide us on our journey and to keep us informed and to teach us. And so I'm really curious what questions teachers are having right now. Like, what are their wonderings? Um, again, we're all on somewhat different timelines. My kids still have five weeks to go um, and your kids are almost done. So it's, it's a different experience for everyone, but I'm curious, no matter where you are in your timeline of wrapping up the year, like what are your questions for starting the new year um, when we don't know what we don't know? There's still so many unknowns, but what are the wonderings already? Right. I love that. And what are the things that you've done in the classroom or that you've done through this experience? Um, you know, maybe you've been in this, uh, you know, during quarantine, have you gotten new students and how did you process that? Like, I mean, you know, if you, if all of a sudden you've, you've got a new student on your roster in the middle of this, did you have any kind of onboard for them or, you know, what are some of those kind of pieces? Um, I think just let us know, like, what are the things that you're thinking about? How can we help or how can our community help of, of getting these things pulled together for us? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I definitely think that's really smart to be thinking about what worked well while we were kind of in the, I'll call it the sandbox time, the, the, the just trying to build the plane in the sky time. So I know there's great stuff out there. We can't wait to hear from you guys. Thank you so much. And we look forward to next time. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks guys.